Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. It's quarter to eight, you are with SAFM and I'm Michelle Constant. And you know, at this time, we like to go into the small stories, big ideas, massive inspiration, but focusing on stories that have uh, been coming out throughout the week. They may, the week, they may not necessarily have been front page. They might have been between the pages. They might have been on a website, but they're stories which we believe are interesting and valuable. And certainly as one of the SABC's goals is to work and talk about the entire continent this is a story with regards to the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And it focuses on memes and how they allow people to laugh at those in power and both themselves. Well, so says the co-author of the article, Dr. Leslie Nicole Brown, Senior Lecturer at the University of Basel, Switzerland. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. My apologies that we have to call you at the crack of dawn, and I'm sure it's still pitch black (laughs) on your side of the world. So we were talking a little earlier about the fact that the weather can so impact on your relationships and your world and your temperament. And certainly the cold weather, I'm sure for you, does exactly that. Absolutely. That definitely affects the mode for sure. (laughs) Dr. Brown, let's go into the article that you wrote. And you you focused specifically on the the idea of digital content, specifically memes. Now, for those people who may not understand how a meme works, perhaps you could just clarify that to start with. Um, Yeah, sure. So um, I just wanted to say that I co-wrote this with uh, my colleague, who's actually, he's a professor of communication at the University of Kinshasa. His name is Ribio Nzenza. Oh, brilliant. So this was really a, it was a collaborative endeavor um, and interdisciplinary because I'm also a cultural anthropologist. So we were sort of approaching this at different angles. Um, And so a meme for for listeners who don't really know what it is, um, just to give just a little tiny short history, it's a word that was first used by Richard Dawkins, who was a scholar who wrote a book in the 1970s called The Selfish Gene. And according to Dawkins, biology is driven by genes while culture is driven by memes. So that's to say that things get copied from person to person, become, become sort of like evolutionary winners. And now in our contemporary moment, um, this concept of the meme or the internet meme has really emerged as an image that is copied and shared, and it really only survives based on how funny it is. So it can be, you know, an image that has a piece of text on top of it, or it can be sort of a viral video. So there's different sort of shapes and forms that memes can take. Okay, so we understand now the usage of that. And obviously, the the thing about being viral is that that peer to peer movement is extremely rapid. And as you say, becomes more rapid, given its high level of humor. So what was the work that you did uh, beginning in 2017, where you started to research memes in relation to the DRC's capital city, Kinshasa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so before I launch into a story about our research, I think it's significant to mention that according to the Chinese lunar calendar, we are in the year of the rat, which I think is ironic, given that this animal has historic, historically sort of been a vector of virulent disease. Yeah. And of course, right now, we all globally find ourselves in a moment of or a moment characterized by viral media. 
Yeah. And um, people around the world are documenting their daily lives through images. And memes really have become a super important um, part of our sort of creative expression and an expression of our contemporary culture. Um, and I think that was part of the appeal, studying, you know, memes. Um, and we, as scholars, we were observing that telephones and cell phone technology was really important and has been sort of researched a lot in the context of, of Congo specifically. But sort of the Internet content that was moving through and across people was really under-researched. So I think yeah. this was sort of um, one of the reasons that we decided to to explore the world in, of memes. And we also... we found it really interesting that memes interact with older visual forms in Congo. Um, and these are forms such as popular painting um, and also print cartoons. Yeah. Um, and, and print cartoons and popular paintings were really important sort of um, receptors and, um, um, you know, creative expressions that were depicting oral histories. So it was really sort of histories told by the people themselves for the people. And we found that in a lot of ways, memes are sort of 2.0 versions of print cartoons and even popular paintings. So, Dr. Brown, you know, one looks at, at how memes work and what's quite obvious about them is that they start to look at the idea of how we laugh at ourselves and often laugh at ourselves in very difficult situations. And I suppose that a meme becomes the way to go, okay, fine, let's just laugh even though it's freaking irritating or frustrating or terrible or whatever the case may be. Did you find that with regards to your work in the DRC? Absolutely, right. So there was this this idea of, you know, mocking, uh, mocking, poking fun at um, oneself. So there was like a whole barrage of memes that were, were, were jokes about, you know, fashion choices and things like that. And this, I think, signals to people um, living in the DRC, but also more importantly, people who are living in the diaspora, right? And there's this sense of, you know, creating a unity of people who understand, who are sort of in the know about what's funny about sort of cultural specificities of being Congolese, let's say. Um, But there was also a sense that there was this unifying gesture of like sort of poking fun at structural forces, so local governments and even national governments. Um, And so I think this was also uh, probably something that was really interesting for us to look at was, uh, you know, what memes can do in terms of um, exposing abuses of power at the government state um, through humor, through lighthearted humor. And of course, the anonymity of the meme, the fact that we don't know who the creators of the memes are, because you can iterate on the meme, right? So if there's an image um, and there's a text on the image, you can change the image, you can change the text as you as you see fit and then start circulating and moving it into circulation. And the fact that we don't know who the original creator is gives it this anonymity that's in contrast to, say, a cartoonist who, you know, puts his or her name on the cartoon. Um, and I think that this was, um, I think, become sort of a powerful medium that maybe even represents a threat to um, the, go- the government of Congo, uh, the DRC in particular. Um, you know, there, there, there was a conversation that we were having earlier this, this week, uh, and, and one of the things that was discussed was this idea of humor as a means of resolving really difficult situations. And as you say, the meme is kind of the 2.0 of the cartoon. Do you feel that this is a way for people to resolve issues of a major nature? 
if not resolved, then mm. at least come to terms? That's a great question. Um, we did, I'm not sure that we found anything that, that sort of led us to believe that it resolves anything, but it certainly galvanizes people to laugh at things. Yeah. Um, and for what that's worth, you know, that maybe encourages discussions, right? Yeah. There's a fabulous thing in, in French um, called Radio Trottoir, which loosely translates as um, pavement radio. So yes. this is, you know, people are are transmitting ideas, you know, through the pavement. And now the pavement is literally existing along virtual lines. Um, and memes are really facilitating um, rumors and, you know, um, oral histories being transmitted in different ways. So I'm not quite sure if it resolves things, uh, but it certainly sparks debate um, online and also in real life. So where does it go from here? I mean, you've got research, you've got your co-author in the DRC working with you closely. Where do you take this this kind of narrative from here? Um, Well, we're sort of geeky academics, so we're just (laughs) continuing to publish in academic scientific journals. We have one out actually in a South African journal called the Critical African um, Critical Media Arts. and uh, so I think we're going to continue just um, publishing and presenting at conferences. Hopefully, when conferences uh, get going again, um, it's, it's been all on Zoom and online. So um, in, in some ways, it kind of makes sense. It's well suited to the format, right? Online memes and online conferences. But we're hoping to do this a lot more in person in the future. Okay. Well, we wish you all the very, very best. And we certainly look forward to more of your geeky Uh, academic writing. We have no doubt that it will be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. That's Dr. Leslie Nicole Brown. She's a senior lecturer at the University of Basel, Switzerland, and together with her co-author, they have been writing about the use of memes in the Democratic Republic of Congo, which of course allow people to laugh at those who are in power, but also themselves as well. And certainly in South Africa, we use memes a lot. Anybody who works on Twitter or plays around on Twitter will know exactly how the use of a meme can make a difference to something that you're feeling frustrated about, something maybe you're feeling irritated about. And then you see somebody somewhere, as she says, you never really know who it is, has created a hilarious meme to make you laugh and also to make you go, this is so true.